Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Me and Roberta decided together we're going to try to have a baby. Eric and Bert are going to try to start having babies instead of a wedding. So she might have the baby in Brazil. There's a chance, yeah. I don't know, Danielle. Like, what if he leaves? Sometimes I wonder if she's truly happy or if she's just doing this because she wants to make her husband happy. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry, Seeking Sister Wife Edition. How are we doing? Hope we're doing fine. As far as I can, as far as my research has shown, there's been no updates with the Snowdens or any of the other families. So let's just talk about the episode. Not the most exciting episode, but there were still some, you know, it was a good foundational episode, if you will. It set the tone for, I think, what will be happening in the future. Those episodes are necessary. They're not maybe the most exciting to watch, but they're they're necessary, you know? Um, so let's talk about Squeaky and Guyliner, since there wasn't a whole lot with them this week. We um, start off with the very end of the date where Guy Liner's coming in with the empty wine glasses that he and Alexandra or Alexandra, depending on who you ask, um, just finished their date. And so Squeaky's standing by the sink, wanting to know all the details, all the tea. She's still really excited. And it's like, you have to tell me everything. I was peeking outside the window at you guys. Did you have fun? Did you kiss? Tell me everything. You guys are so cute, and I love this. And he says that the date went well, and he says that they didn't kiss, and she seemed disappointed. (laughs) And so in a confessional, Squeaky says, you know, I know it sounds really bizarre, but I just remember what it was like to kiss Guy Liner for the first time, and I would just love to have somebody else experience that. But I understand that it's not what the average wife would say about her husband. Um... They're not legally married, right? I don't think they are. Because I know that she... I don't think we saw their origin story with the original wife, his baby mother, and her. So they kind of caught us on up with their situation. So I don't believe 
that they're legally married since technically she was the second wife? Is he legally divorced to his first wife? Because that seems like something that he wouldn't get around to. You know what I mean? <laughs> it just doesn't seem that he would seem particular something that he would be particularly motivated to do. And, you know, with with a growl like Squeaky on the sidelines cheering you on, you know, it, I can't really say that I'm surprised about that. So Guyliner says there are some concerns when it comes to Alexandra slash Alexandra because she didn't really seem that interested in raising kids. And Squeaky says, well, I kind of understand where she's coming from potentially because I didn't come into this relationship really thinking I was going to be a full on parent either. So, you know, maybe Alexandra might be feeling that way now, but eventually this could be something that grows on her and Guyliner suggests that maybe they just like start hanging out with her more and he brings up the fact that Alexandra did say that she wanted to hang out with Squeaky and so everybody's down they're exciting they're excited rather and so Guyliner also brings up Alexandra mentioning dating other people and Squeaky asks if he said anything about that in the moment, but he says, no, he didn't because he didn't really feel like it was appropriate for a first date. So let's talk about what guy liner does and does not think is appropriate. Um, start with the appropriate category. Um, 17 bracelets, um, stacked rings on every finger. Um, Mini bottles of uh, Trader Joe's Cabernet or Merlot, which, listen, I'm not above, okay? I'm not above. Um, what else does he find appropriate? Um, taking uh, somebody to a psychic to do a love reading about how many kids and you're going to have in the future and, and marriage. Um, you know, a vest. A vest. Um, what he does not find appropriate seems to be just the interworkings of how their relationship would work when she said, I'm seeing other people and I don't really want to change that. Now that is a bridge too far, apparently. Okay. Okay. So even though there are a host of red flags, they decide to go on a date and that includes Sweeky, so they can all get to know each other and hopefully convince Alexandra that three kids is something that she wants to take on. Okay, so can't wait to see how that goes. And let's move on to the minions. So they, again, use very convenient for them phrasing about how they've decided not to move forward with Glossier slash Emily because they feel like they need somebody more grounded than her. So they decide to hop on a Skype call in matching blue tank tops to talk to a woman named Krista. So Krista clearly is somebody that they've met online because she lives in Texas. She's a nurse. She has three kids. Obviously she's, you know, um, outside of the realm of having graduated high school, you know, uh, post 2015. So let's celebrate that. Shall we? Um, I, They've been speaking for a couple weeks, but this is their first official video chat. So, finally, I've been thinking this whole time, 
Y'all know I don't fuck with King Minion. You know I think his head looks like a Whopper. The candy, not the burger. And that his body looks like a Whopper. The burger, not the candy. So I (laughs) have just been thinking like, other than the fact that she's clearly attracted to and committed to this relationship with King Minion, what's going on here? What's happening here? Where the Where's the crack in this foundation? And I found it. I found it, you guys. So here's the thing that I hate as a black person. Well, I mean, let me, let me count the ways as to way, you know, society treats black people. I, let's go without saying, but here's, here's my issue. I'm not sure what Vanessa's ethnic or racial makeup is. So my assumption is that she's not black. Maybe she's biracial and some, I'm not really sure. I can't make any claims one way or the other. So when she is, they're talking about the difference between Texas heat and North Carolina, how North Carolina, it's so humid, but Texas has that like pure heat. Um, Vanessa brings up the fact that when King Minion is sweating, she likes to tell him that his chocolate is melting. I hate when anybody, black or non-black, <laughs> refers to black people as chocolate. I don't know if this is like a collective black hatred thing. I don't think it is. I think it's more of a personal thing. I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. And I don't have an explanation for it. But when Vanessa said that, I'm like, oh, she's the type of woman who will refer to a dark-skinned person as chocolate. And that's strike number two. First one being with King Minion. Second one referring to him as chocolate. Um, secondly, um, she's just corny. And, like, I try not to hold that against people because, listen, I'm not corny. But, you know, I know that not everybody is as fortunate as I am. Okay? So, I try to, you know, just be, you know, we we can't all have it all, right? So, I try to be aware and conscious of that and kind towards people who are afflicted with just everlasting corniness. But the chocolate thing was a bridge too far for me. So um, they start talking about the ins and outs of a polygamous relationship. Krista has not been in one. She's been interested. And um, King Minion says that his mindset is that it's important to think of yourself as a link in part of a chain, the chain that is your polygamous relationship. Now, okay because you have this royal thing already going on and if you're the king and they're your queens then clearly you feel like you're the head of the household and not a link in the chain but okay okay all right fine Vanessa asks Krista if she thinks jealousy may factor in to their new relationship. And Krista starts talking about, you know, good communication and how that's paramount to, you know, just help and, and get through any sort of jealousy or negative feelings that might happen. And also she needs to be able to voice her own opinion. 
fair. They are interviewing her in the way that the Snowdens interview the potential sister wives that we have seen on the show. It's like all, it's not really about getting to know this person. It's about figuring out if this person is going to be a right fit for what they think the future of a potential a plural relationship is and this is how we know it's always going to fail is that y'all aren't interested in these people you're interested in them as employees <laughs> you're interested in employing them as your plural like this is a role and a position that they should be taking which I think is not how you should view any sort of relationship whether it's polygamous or otherwise it's not about this person's capability to fold themselves into what you've already got going on now granted you guys have kids you have lives there is a certain amount of that that is going to have to happen however you're never going to quote unquote win if you're not really that invested in getting to know that person on a human level. And that's why these people continuously fail. See, I figured it out already. I figured it all out. Thank you to me. So in a confessional, uh, King Minion starts talking about the difference between Crystal and the other, excuse me, Krista and the other women that they have tried to court. And he says, it all comes down to wisdom. Keyword wisdom. And what he really means is that obviously she's older and she has her own kids. So she's not going to have to transition from like being a girl who's only a few years out of high school to a fully blown nuclear and functioning family. Um, he says, I can tell that she's not just doing this as an experiment, even though she's never been in a polygamous relationship. And I feel like that's a little bit unfair because he's clearly alluding to Emily and Kayla. But don't put that on them because those girls were young and they had every right to, at their young age experiment or whatever word or you know figure things out and explore and try new things because that's what you're supposed to do when you're in your early 20s now you're acting like these women were just like choosing to flit through life like doing this that and the third come what may and that's not the case i think that's whack so tally that on the list of the long receipt of things that I find are whack about King Minion. So, um, then he says, excuse me, then Vanessa asks Krista, like, do you have a five-year plan or like any short-term goals? Again, like, wh what is this? Are you hiring to, her to be your HR assistant? Like, I don't get it. Um, and honestly, my recording messed up, so I don't really know what she said, but it seemed like along the lines of um, her wanting to move further in her medical career and because they start making comments about how she can work anywhere, or like anywhere she goes, she can find a job and something about medical assisting. Great. So they all agree the next step is for them to eventually meet up. But I'm curious to see what happens with that, because in the preview, uh, they're talking about how all their attempts to 
um, try and court people have failed. Now, they did mention this episode that Krista was not the only woman that they were talking to or interested in. So I'm just, uh, I cannot wait to see all of the ways that this is blown up in their... I was going to use an adjective and I'm not going to. All the ways it's blown up in their faces. Okay. And with that, let's go on to Sophie and Tammy. So they, wives and Colton and Kimberly all go out to the farm that Colton works at. So Colton, I guess, is a farmer in some capacity. He, this farm that they work on has been in Colton's family for four generations now. And... Yeah, that's what he spends all his day doing. So they're driving there and Colton is really like, I don't know if somebody gave him one of those like little eight ounce cans of Coke, but he is really like on one. Maybe they gave him a ginger ale with like the real sugar in it. I don't know because I know I I think they can't have caffeine right but he's clearly had some sort of sugary drink I don't know if he slipped a Capri Sun or a Sunny Delight in him but something's happening here because we're seeing a little bit more of Colton his eyes are a little bit more awake um his I don't know if like he maybe he confused a Yoohoo for one of those Starbucks like glass drinks that you can get at the store I don't really know but he the man our man is alive He's alive and he's making a a lot of jokes. So as they're driving, um, Kimberly asks these mountains that we're driving past, do any of them have names? And Colton says, actually, the one that we're driving past right now is called Molly's Nipple. Now, you know, it's one of those things where in the moment you don't think like, damn, I never expected to hear a word like nipple coming out of that man's mouth um but here we are and i'm adjusting and i have to say i'm a little bit refreshed by it (laughs) i i truly was so they get to the farm and they have you know all all your standard farm fare cows sheep there's a horse chickens ducks the whole gamut and it turns out that the wives actually work there as well they do little, little things like feeding animals and picking fruit and making jams and I don't syrups out of them. I honestly don't know, but that Colton does all the bigger stuff. They also say that any future wife that they have and bring into the family is going to be expected to work on the family or on the farm as well. I think Kimberly might be a teacher, but she says, you know, she's a country girl. Her family has a farm. She's used to doing the work. She's very comfortable Everything seems to be going well with that. So the producer asked Colton, Tammy, and Sophie how Kimberly did on the farm that day. And Colton says, well, she hasn't complained about the chicken shit yet. And Sophie and Tammy are shocked. They are giggling. Um, Tammy at one point tries to cover Colton's mouth. Colton has given us... From what I can remember, his first full-on smile, we saw a whole bunch of teeth. And they were nice teeth. He had a nice smile. Just never. (laughs) I don't think we've ever seen him smile like that. So, so far, Colton has given us two bangers with nipple. And, And shit, you guys. 
Colton says shit. <laughs> I love this. This is like years of watching, uh, counting on, and just hoping that one day Jana just loses it and drops the F-bomb in front of like Josie and Michelle before Michelle's had her, you know, vitamins. <clears throat> vitamins if you will and I would just love that so I love like a very uh religiously repressed person just coming out and saying the s word it maybe that's something that I need to talk to somebody about like maybe that's something I need to work through but as of now I'm loving it ba-da-ba-ba-ba I'm loving it it also occurred to me that maybe Colton just doesn't speak a lot because what he really wants to do is cuss and he knows that he can't you know that's a theory that I've, I'm working around in my head. I'll let you know if I have anything fully fleshed out by next week. So then Colton says <laughs> that it's not a sin to swear if you're within five miles of a cow. Is that like an official Mormon tenet? Is that in the in the good book? Please, please let me know. Sound off. Um, in a confessional, Colton says that Kimberly's really sweet and... She's been very sweet to other people, which I felt was very pointed, <laughs> and that she seems like a very kind person, and so far, those are the good things that he's picked up on. So, in a confessional with Sophie, she says that she hasn't really seen a connection on a romantic level between Colton and Kimberly just yet, but, and, you know, obviously that's going to be necessary for her to be a sister wife. So, she said last week in a confessional that... It's not really the fact that there was no uh, romantic or physical spark between Kimberly and Colton was not necessarily indicative of anything good or bad, because at that point they shouldn't be on a like physically interested in you level. <clears throat> but just an episode later, she's saying, okay, I'm finally seeing that they're not really there yet and that is going to be vital to the process like yeah she can't just be your friend and also be in a spiritual marriage with colton like that's not how it's gonna work and honestly like do sophie and tammy really like her that much like they like her but they seem like they like her in the way that they would like a mom that they spoke to when they were like dropping off and picking up their daughter from preschool like the kind of mom um, where you like, oh yeah, like we can get together and meet up at the playground on the weekends and that, but <laughs> playground just triggered that memory of Colton and Tammy and, and Sophie trying to like come out as polygamists their first season and how they, <laughs> how they went to, they were like, we're going to be out in public. <clears throat> we're going to show Southern Utah that you can be in a polygamous relationship and it's okay. And Sophie at the time was living in a, a house by herself across town and Colton was splitting time between uh, Tammy's house and Sophie's house. And so they decide to use the daughter. I can't remember her name. The daughter's relate, uh, birthday as their like big coming out to society party. <laughs> so they have her birthday at a, park they don't invite any other children and they also have this party on a sunday morning when you're living in a highly religious area not occurring to you at all that 
probably nobody's going to be at the park on a Sunday morning because they'll probably be in church. And literally, there was not one person (laughs) in their public park. Girl, that is a memory that will last me a lifetime. I, oh God, just beautiful, beautiful footage. Um, So where am I going with this? Oh, okay. So then they cook a hot dog dinner in the same clothes that they were just like down in the dirt, farming, touching all those animals, picking herbs and peaches, didn't even bother to change their shirt while they were cooking. Just winter Colton soil and chicken shit, probably. And, you know, the remnants of Molly's nipple mountain on their body and they were talking about how hot it was so it's like you're talking about y'all were sweating it was an unusually hot weekend in in utah at that point and now you're just cooking in those clothes yuck yuck so there's a little bit of um i want to talk about what they were eating and by talk about i just want to ask the question of What were they eating? Because they're all like hyped on the hot dogs. And apparently the Winders are very particular about how their hot dogs are cooked. Because they typically will cook them in their like fire pit. But because it was so hot, they just decided to cook them on the grill. And Colton makes some joke about how he's morally opposed to making hot dogs on the grill, but he had to make a concession because it was so hot out. Um, But then they were also, okay, I always look at the sides. And here's a little um, bit of black people insider information is that when you're having any sort of barbecue, cookout, whatever you refer to it in your region, If there's meat being cooked outdoors on a grill or, I guess, a fire pit, um, black people are all about the sides. You have to come fully equipped. You can't just be like, oh, here's a hot dog hamburger and some buns and, you know, all the fixings, the ketchup, your mustard, your relish, whatever. No. Sides. What are we having for sides? Uh, Is there going to be a good potato salad? Who made the potato salad? Um, Chips. Are they going to be quality chips or are they going to be store brand? Same with the sodas. Are we getting Dr. Pepper or is Dr. Thunder showing up? All of these are very important. Um, What would you need in a black barbecue side situation? Definitely potato salad, potato chips, Um, maybe even a pasta salad or a macaroni salad, or even just like an actual salad. Um, you're also going to need baked beans for sure. You're going to need fruit. You're going to need probably a corn, you know, preferably on the cob. You're going to need, um, you know, there's a little back and forth on whether or not mac and cheese is involved, whether or not there's, um, um, what do we also debate about? Um, spaghetti. Now this is a thing that I think white people don't know is that depending on where you're from, 
in the United States. Spaghetti can be an integral part of a barbecue experience. Many people, many black people debate often whether or not spaghetti is actually a side or an entree. And it's a tale as old as time, a lot of back and forth on whether or not that's the case. Um, You're also going to need desserts. So in the summer, cobbler, banana pudding, um, some other sort of fruit pie, like an apple pie, maybe. Um, You know, there has to be like a full, full on situation. So when I'm looking at their table and I'm like, oh, what are the sides? And I see just a bag of ruffles and a big old tub of what looks to be like... You know the Stay Puffed man from um, Ghost Ghost Movie, <laughs> Ghostbusters. <laughs> see, I'm trying to roast these people, and I don't even know my own references. Shame on me. So when I see what looks like the Stay Puffed man in this gigantic bowl of like blue, like I'm I grew up in the Midwest. I know what am- an ambrosia salad is. That was not it. It looked like like fluff fluff that you make on fluff or nutter, but blue. And there didn't seem to be anything else happening there. So I just y'all let me know what that was. What was that? What was that? Maybe it was some kind of like whipped cream. I don't I just had a lot of questions about what that was. There were also so many hot dogs for four adults. There were Probably enough so that they could have each had like four or five hot dogs. It just felt very hot dog heavy. And granted, I will say that the hot dogs did seem like they were well cooked. There was just like just a little bit of burnt. I know, you know, everybody has discussions about how well done they want their hot dog. Personally, I just like the hint of a little bit of burned, you know. I don't need the whole thing burned. I definitely want it to look like it's been cooked. There's a balance there. There's a real balance. So you guys remember how I expressed my thoughts on what may be happening with Kimberly and why she might be seeking out a plural relationship situation because they do a confessional with her outside and Kimberly says that she can tell that Colton's opening up a little bit more and he's being a little bit more lighthearted and she's enjoying that. So the producer asks her if she thinks that Colton is cute or if she's attracted to him. And her response is, I don't know if I should answer that because he's a married man. Girl, why are you here then? You can't just say if he's cute. <laughs> that's okay. That's that's a perfectly fine thing for anybody to say. Hey, your husband is attractive. You're Kimberly. Why are you here? Are you not here to move to the next step of courting and courting with the specific intention of marrying this man. And yet now you feel like you can't even comment on whether or not you find him attractive because he's married, but you're trying to marry him. (laughs) So what's happening, (laughs) ma'am? 
why can't you answer the question? It felt very evasive. Real evasive to me. In a confessional, Colton says that he's not sure if he can say or should, should say whether or not he's attracted to Kimberly, but he does say she's very sweet. But then he also says the jury's still out. So again, not attracted to her. Still not attracted to her. Thinks she's a lovely woman, but he's not, she's not doing it for him. And apparently she's not, he's not doing it for her either. So like, what are we, (laughs) what's happening here? (laughs) So after eating, Colton starts to open up about their religious beliefs and how in their faith, they believe that family is eternal and how their family looks now is how it's going to look in the afterlife and that their next lives are an opportunity to continue to learn and grow. So whatever you finish and accomplish in this life, you take that knowledge with you and move it on to your next journey. Now, I don't really know much about the Mormon slash LDS faith. Like if you basically sounds like they believe in some form of reincarnation how many lives do they have and how many lives do they have before they're all like eternal and how do the multiple like if you had a mul- if you had multiple wives or and just one wife in one life and then he let's say he had one wife last time he was on earth and now he's on the planet now with Sophie and Tammy and not Kimberly, but some other lady in the future. Right. So that's four wives. So when he dies in this life, does he go back to heaven and say, um, Hey, former wife, are you here or are you on earth? And are you, here's my other two wives, but in your next life, what if she gets married? And what if Sammy and and Tammy and Sophie in their next life, they marry somebody else. So then how does that work? Are you introducing Colton to your new husband? This just seems very convoluted. I don't know how it all works because at some point it's not just going to be a polygamy situation because Sophie's going to marry a man in her next life. And so is Tammy. I know that to be true. So how does that work? How does that all work? You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... 
When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. So Kimberly was raised... Baptist and she says our beliefs on the afterlife are pretty similar in that when you go to heaven she believes you're rejoined by all your loved ones that have passed on before you and of course that would include your spouse so in a confessional Colton says that ultimately any wife that they bring into the family is going to have to either be Mormon or convert so he was saying that they, he just brought this up to kind of gauge where Kimberly was at, you know, and he says that he's encouraged by their conversation. So then back at the hot dog table, Tammy asks Kimberly, have we scared you away? Just kidding, but have we? (laughs) And Kimberly says, you know, she's still really enjoying learning more about everyone and she hopes that that learning continues. So back in her own confessional, Kimberly Kimberly says that her hope in this visit was to find out more about them and she feels like she has and she likes the idea of a pre-made family see again I don't know something about the way she words things makes it feel more like she's wanting to hide for lack of a better word into this relationship than really find something on her own honestly I think if Colton was exactly the Colton that we've seen around Kimberly this entire time. Really expressing no sort of physical attraction to her or any more attraction than he would, like a nice bank teller that he encounters. Um, I think if he proposed to her, she would say yes. Not because she feels any sort of great love or even attraction towards him, I think she's hiding and I think she's like, there's clearly a low self-esteem aspect to Kimberly. It just makes me very sad. I don't know what's going on there. I really don't. Kimberly then goes on to say, many people would disagree because it would feel like cheating to them, but I'm looking for a caring man who loves his wives and wants to add another person, not another wife another person. (laughs) And then she says, I mean, another relationship. Mm. So then she starts talking about, you know, the relationship between the sister wives and how they would be, they would all be moms for the kids and how they would show love for her daughter and how great it would be for her daughter to have more people around that are there for her and blah, blah, blah. There's uh, something, something, something isn't right here. (laughs) 
Sophie at the end says they're all going to pray about it and go from there as far as what's going to happen next. And Kimberly starts to get emotional in her confessional. And she says, you know, I'm just now starting to get to know them. And it took a year for me to even get there and get to the point where I'm visiting them. And I, I just don't know when the next time is that I'm going to be able to see them. And she says she's excited about the possibility of what could be, but she'll accept whatever comes. Mm. Interesting. Um, let's move on to the Snowdens. So it has been a couple weeks since Taylor broke up with them and they show a little like flashback clip of them packing up her closet and shipping her, you know, moo-moos and Seemed like everything she had in that closet was black, <laughs> but clip, shipping all her black, black stuff to Texas. And Dimitri says, we're all disappointed, but in the end, I know it was the best thing for us. And truthfully, there's been no friction since Taylor left. So Crystalline says that she's been living with them for five months at this point and everything is great. But she wishes that the travel restrictions would be lifted because she's missing home and she's missing her family back home. Interesting. Interesting. Knowing what we know now, I mean, of course, it's perfectly normal and not at all sinister to be homesick. Um, But maybe I'm just reading too into things because of what has happened now. There were a lot of, I wonder, I almost wonder if the editors kind of went back and were like, let's find everything that will point to what is happening with all the mess with them now. Um, and just roll that footage to make it like really, really awkward and ironic now. So Ashley and Dimitri go to their bedroom well, I should be clear. Dimitri goes into the bedroom and Ashley's already there. Now, before Dimitri goes into the bedroom, um, he is in the kitchen with Crystalline, who is cleaning up the kitchen, telling Dimitri, oh, um, I'm about to k- put the kids down or I just put the kids down. Ashley is in bed reading some book about, you know, I don't know how to do other, you know, what other herbs we can put in our yoni steams. And she's just like posted up in bed. People have been saying like, clearly Ashley's just looking for a woman to care for her kids and also make more of them. And it just felt very telling in that moment. So Dimitri tries to play like, Oh, supportive husband. Oh, Ashley, can I, can I give you a foot massage and we can talk about this? Shut up. I want men to stop doing pretty much everything they're do- they're doing, but I really want them to stop doing these like loving things and doing that at the time where they're going to bring up something big, have a big conversation, bring up something that might be upsetting to their partner. Bernie, may he rest used to do this with Paige all the time. Like, Oh, I'm going to cook you a steak dinner. And then also bring up that bitch that was in our house before that you don't like. I want her to come over and start living with us in a couple days. Are you enjoying your steak? Like stop doing those big things. Just 
say what you need to say. Don't wrap it up in in any of the love languages. Please and thank you. So he's rubbing Ashley's feet and he starts to talk about Crystalline and Ashley says, I feel like our feelings for Crystalline haven't changed since she's been here. She's been an energetic addition to the family. She's good with the kids. I can be here reading my stupid book and getting massages from you. Meanwhile, Crystalline is, you know, putting the dishes in the dishwasher and making sure that kid the kids have their night bendies ready, right? Um, she's like, you know, I can tell that Crystalline really wants to be here. Foreshadowing number one. So Dimitri says that he's happy and he's good to go. And if Ashley's feeling the same way, then he thinks that they should take it to the next step and make a forever commitment. (laughs) In a confessional, Dimitri says everything is perfect. (laughs) And even though there's an obvious sexual and physical attraction between them, it's more than that. And that Crystalline tempers him in a way that's very important to his growth. And he appreciates that. I just, I'm, I'm giving you guys all a moment to just let that sink in. Given what we know now. That he is saying that Crystalline makes him a more tempered person and a better man. Okay. Okay. Um, then he says, I love her. She's the one, and I'm ready to make her my forever wife. Now, this is an incredibly interesting phrasing for marrying another woman. To say, she's the one, and uh, I'm ready to make her my forever wife. So, we all know that Ashley and Dimitri are not and have never been legally married because they wanted to level the playing field for any potential wife that comes in. Now, we also know that in order for Crystalline to remain in this country, the easiest thing is for them to get this legal marriage. That's all fine and well. I just... I would have liked to know. I would have liked to see the producers ask Dimitri if Crystalline had U.S. citizenship. Would this even be a conversation about legally marrying her or not? And also, are you allowed to call Crystalline the one when you're looking for several wives? I don't know. I don't know. Um, So Dimitri asks Ashley how she would feel. And she does this face that she always makes with her eyes closed. And it's like a, "Mm." like, I'm not into this, but like my two eyes, my third eye might be open, but my two eyes are closed. The ones that you can see. And I just like, she has this way of making a face that clearly displays that she feels some type of way about the conversation or the conversation that's being had or the situation that is happening at the time. And you can clearly see 
that Ashley has reservations or uh, annoyance towards the fact that Crystalline is about to be the legal wife. Ashley, instead of telling Dimitri that this is how she really feels, she says, you know, basically, I'm just still thinking about Vanessa and how we had this beautiful wedding. I didn't even get a wedding. She made sure to mention Dimitri and I didn't even have our own wedding, but Vanessa got this beautiful wedding and several months later she was gone and it was heartbreaking. And there's always a potential that this marriage could end up the same way it did with Vanessa. (laughs) Woo! That's a foreshadowing number four or 17. Who's to say? So then Ashley says, Chrissy's Chrissy has been consistent. She's been an active member of the family. She's never wavered a single time. And she believes that Crystalline is here for them and for the right reasons. I'm not going to count that as a red flag because I do believe that Crystalline was there for the red right reasons and that she was committed to this relationship. Y'all are the ones who fucked up according to those court documents, but okay. Um, so at that point, Dimitri asks Ashley how she would feel about the legal marriage since she never got to experience that. Ashley asked the question that I think everybody's been wondering in her own confessional, which is legal marriage is a huge step. Yes. But also years ago, just so y'all know, <laughs> Dimitri and I signed some sort of legal papers that would ensure that Ashley's taken care of should anything happen you know much like in a divorce she would have been taken care of now granted I don't know what he's going to be taken care of because if the rumors about his finances are true it kind of sounds like a Tom Girardi situation where he's like robbing Peter to pay Paul and he's always borrowing money to put it into this coffer and and borrowing money from somebody to pay somebody else and it just seems like a mess so like I don't know what you're gonna get out of that other than like maybe some like hair oil I I don't really know um you'll get your steak in all of those like long prairie skirts um clearly not going to be fighting over bras since um doesn't seem like you own any um i don't know what she would get out of this but they drew up the papers that's the point that's that's the point here um and she says that also dimitri getting into a legal marriage would not change anything with regard to the contract that they've signed with each other So she feels secure in that sense, but on a personal level, she, and I thought this was very interesting because Ashley definitely seems like one of those chicks who's like, I, we do what we want. Ashe, we don't care about outside voices and what other people think about us. But then she says that she feels like a lot of people will think that she's giving up on her position and that they'll look at her like, oh, you're not the real wife. Chrissy's the real wife. But then she says she feels like that's worth the risk. So Ashley tells Dimitri, you know, I feel like Crystalline is the kind of woman who we could work through any struggle we have. So I think we should do this legal marriage. Woo! I mean, it was just banger after banger after banger of 
oh, y'all are saying this shit, but cut to April and May of 2021. Changed that tune, didn't we? Changed that tune. And with that, let's finish off with Danielle and Garrick slash Joel. All right, y'all. So right after... Joel and Large Wife got back from Mexico. Colorado shut down. And Danielle says that they've just been focused on homeschooling the kids and with work slowing down. And I found out that they, or at least Garrick, um, has like a building company. So all of that like stupid script stuff that I thought was actually like gifts that Roberta had given um, Garrick with the, why do I keep calling him Garrick when his name is Joel? <laughs> I refuse to call that man by his name. One, because I hate it. And two, because he doesn't deserve it. Um, but anyway, yes, that M script hat that he was wearing is actually branding for his building company. Um, where am I going with this? Oh, okay. So, uh, Danielle saying that because work has clearly slowed down for them. They've had more time for each other and that they've actually gotten closer. And even though they've gotten closer, Roberta has been on her mind every day. Yeah, I I would guess so, ma'am. The lady <laughs> the lady who's clearly going to get the life that you want. Yeah. I imagine she's on your mind every day. Um they got a message from her. Turns out Roberta unfortunately tested positive for COVID. And we see some like self-shot footage of Danielle visibly upset, talking about how overwhelmed she is about the news and how she doesn't know how Roberta's going through it and how she's doing, but she just wishes that she could be there and give her a hug. To Roberta, her really only friend and ally in this whole situation. Um, cause we know that Garrick's not hugging her. We know that. In a confessional, Joel's wiping away his own tears and he's talking about how they prayed every day for her to get better. And here's the situation. Roberta lives with her mother, but her mother is elderly. She's got a host of, other issues so once Roberta found out that she tested positive she had to leave her house that she shares with her mom and go over to her cousin's place to stay with her but her cousin's place doesn't have internet is kind of off the grid so they've been having a really difficult time um getting a hold of Roberta and that is adding to the further tension of the whole situation um so back in a confessional, Danielle talks about how she thinks that Joel's a lot more stressed out and trying to hide his tears from her. Now, <laughs> I don't want to take anything or like snap Danielle into any sort of reality because I think that the reality of her situation is about the most depressing thing that I've seen in a while on television, but I'm just like, I understand that they have made the decision to be in a polygamous relationship. But the fact that she thinks that Joel is hiding his emotions leads me to believe that he probably is, but he's probably like, 
he's not shielding his emotions to make Danielle feel better. We realize that, right? Like, he's shielding them, like... I think she thinks that, like, oh, he's hiding them because he doesn't want me to worry more. But I think he might be hiding them because he doesn't want to be honest about the fact that Roberta is his actual soulmate and true love. And that's embarrassing, girl, for him to be crying around the house over a woman who, you know... mm. And I wonder if he's making everybody in the house pray for Roberta? Like, are the kids, are their sons praying for Roberta as well? Are they crying for her? Oh, Lord. I just, I really just wonder. I really wonder. Um, Joel and Roberta are, were supposed to get married in Mexico. We saw them. We saw them go to the different resorts and, like, plan out what they wanted and all that. And then she was going to move to America. But Joel says... That because of COVID and the embassies being closed down, they don't really have any sort of timeline for when Roberta's visa might get expected or, you know, accepted. So, (laughs) so they start off by saying, Joel starts off by saying, you know, Roberta's 33. She's not getting any younger. So the plan has now shifted from the traditional let's get married and have you move here to let's try and get Roberta pregnant. So Joel is planning a trip down to Mexico to put a baby in Roberta without them. Oh, okay. Okay. I have no problem with people having children out of wedlock. Y'all know that, right? Like, it's this situation that I find troubling. (laughs) Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Danielle says, scrapping the wedding plans and instead moving forward with having a child does make me a little bit apprehensive. (laughs) Just a little? Okay. Well, I will take on the rest of this apprehension. I am... Mm. This is a bad idea, you guys. This is a bad idea. It's a bad idea for the baby. It's a bad idea for the children that are already in the picture. It's definitely a bad idea for Danielle. 
if you, Danielle, because clearly all of Danielle's worries and fears have been wrapped up in this new marriage, right? So she's thinking, Joel's not going to have time for me because he's going to be in this whirlwind, new whirlwind romance. And he's going to be making more time for Roberta. I'm going to now have to split that when we're in Colorado because Roberta will be up here. She's, I don't think, has really even considered kids because she's so focused and rightfully so on their relationship and the romance and all of the things that comes with a new relationship, a new marriage, all those like butterflies and happy feelings and banging each other out while she goes to get her pajamas on, right? Hasn't even considered what bringing a child into the situation is going to do for their already non-existent non-marriage. Girl. Danielle goes on to say that she really wants to be supportive because she knew that the ultimate goal was for them to start a family with each other. But between COVID and the lack of communication because of Roberta being in a remote area, she's just feeling a little uh, about the whole situation. So Danielle tells Joel that she just wants to make sure that they're making the right decision. Joel doesn't give a fuck. He, and I think he probably was like texting you know, translating apps to Roberta and they were talking like, oh, baby, oh, no, you know, sister won't be back at the uh, resort this time. So I, you know, all the positions and the ways that we could do it. Lord, help us. Lord, help us all. I think this was a decision that was not made with Danielle is what I'm trying to say. I think Joel told her about the plans changing and now she's just, accepting it because she doesn't have any choice because she doesn't have any self-esteem. So, um, then Danielle's sister-in-law comes and I guess I didn't receive clarification because I'm, I don't read the Chirons cause it's hard when you're taking, writing notes and stuff. I'm assuming that Samantha is, Joel's sister, not like a different, like, not as though Danielle has a brother and that this is her brother's wife. I think this is Joel's wife, right? I love Samantha. She's the only adult in the room. Clearly, Danielle's mother has given up. She's tried to tell her, girl, this relationship is not for you. Stop doing everything and ruining your self-esteem and your life for this man who doesn't give a fuck about you. Her mom's like, washed her hands of this, you know, girl, do what you, do what you got to do. When you come to your senses, come to me. Samantha is still out here trying to do the work. And I appreciate that. Especially I appreciate it. If that is Joel's sister, because she's really more, way more supportive of Danielle than she is of her own brother. And I would like to see, Joel get into it with Samantha. I want somebody calling this man to the carpet and telling him about himself, telling him about all the bullshit that he's going through, telling him that you don't need to be relying on daddy Jesus up in heaven to cure your not wife of her jealousy issues. Stop creating situations that she's jealous, bro. Stop it. Anyway. Samantha comes over. Bless her heart. She's coming over to catch up with Danielle and they start talking about, you know, exercise routines, blah, blah, blah. 
Um, so Samantha tells Danielle, like, you're really strong for going through all this stuff with Roberta, especially now that COVID's involved. And Danielle tells her about the new plans to start having babies instead of having the wedding. And Samantha looks at her and says, wow, (laughs) you're damn right, Sam. (laughs) Wow, indeed. So you're going to have babies and then a wedding. And Danielle says, that's the plan. Joel, Danielle tells us, is even going so far as to planning the vacation around, fuckcation, I guess, around um, Roberta's, excuse me, around Roberta's ovulation. So he's serious about this. And Danielle's like, well... There is definitely a chance that Roberta could give birth in Brazil, but we're hoping that if we plan it right with a little luck and a little, you know, help from Lord Jesus in heaven, the one who's not curing me of my jealousy because that's not his job, that he will, you know, open us up, if you will. And by the time, fingers crossed, uh, Roberta's able to have this baby. She will be able to come to America to have the kid. Um, In a confessional, Samantha says, I think they're moving really fast. (laughs) And I have to wonder if Joel's doing this out of lust. Thank you. (laughs) You don't have to wonder, girl. You know, you know, you know. Then she goes on to say, you know, there's a lot going on with the situation anyway. And adding a baby on top of that just makes me wonder if Danielle's truly happy or if she's just doing this to make Joel happy. Sam, you know the answer to that. We all do. But okay, thank you for at least asking the question. Somebody's doing the work. Somebody's doing the work. Mention it all, Sam. Mention it all. I love Sam. She's my new bitch. My new, my good bitch, Samantha. I love her. Danielle tells Sam, listen, if it were up to me, I would wait. But from what I hear from Garrick, it would really help Roberta to start her family. (laughs) From what I hear from Garrick, it would really help Roberta to start a family. I mean, if that's not like some second and third hand conversations that don't need to be had when you're involving you, girl, are also bringing a baby into the situation because allegedly you're still in this relationship. I mean, you're skating on thin ice with that one, baby girl. But, um, this baby is going to be as much as your responsibility as anybody else, because she's going to be, or the baby's going to be in your house. Roberta's going to be in your house. Maybe you won't have to actually care for it, but, um, this is not in, this is information that like, you're that Joel doesn't need to be telling you through Roberta. This is a conversation all y'all need to be having. All y'all. And it I think it would be different if well it would be different if um Roberta was in the country and married and they were always already doing their damn thing. You know, that would be one thing. Cuz they're having babies is not really wouldn't be any of her business. But when we're adding a baby to a situation that's already like y'all know what I mean like Robert or um Danielle needs to be in these conversations she absolutely does 
So then Samantha's like, well, what are you going to do if the visa doesn't go through in time? And Roberta wants Joel to be in Brazil with her and their baby. What are you going to do? And she also says, you guys don't really know what it's like to be in a real situation with Roberta. Every time you've met her, you've basically been on vacation. You've been drinking all of the all-inclusive frozen drinks that you can handle and continental breakfast. And, like, that's not real life. Real life isn't, you know, a croissant and, and some fresh fruit in the morning and a beach view in the afternoon. Not for y'all. That's not the case. So I think you guys are really putting the baby in this situation that is like, y'all don't even know what real life is like with each other. She's never even been to Colorado. You know, you can't even say, oh, she came up to America and she's been to the house. And even though she was only here for a week, she at least got a taste of what our jobs are like, what the kids are like when they're, you know, not running around a resort and they're in school. Like what our nights look like. She has no idea. Thank you, Samantha. Thank you once again. So Danielle says, you know, Samantha's bringing up things that I hadn't even thought about. Especially the idea that a baby ties two people together for life. (laughs) Girl, you've got two sons and that's never occurred to you? Now, granted, maybe it shouldn't occur to you because um, Joel is finding every way to untie himself from your life. But still, it should have come up at some point in that, you know, in your head. I've been truly excessively nice to Danielle because I am, like, extremely particular about eyebrows. And I have not said in this season one thing about those absolutely... Something about her eyebrows are just very tragic and depressing. They're not like... I can't go so far as to say that they're not bad. They're bad. Uh, There's definitely worse out there. But her eyebrows are telling a story. And that is the story of a woman on the brim. And that's what's concerning. And, you know, two claps for me for not saying anything about them until now because I feel for her and I feel sorry for her. But for you to say that you didn't have never considered the implications of having a child and you having to maintain some sort of relationship with the father for the rest of at least the child's life, girl, girl. Okay, um, so we end the episode with Samantha telling Danielle, I think that y'all should wait because I do not want you, Danielle, to get hurt. And it really feels like you feel like you have to do this, but you don't. You don't. Ugh. And that's the end of the episode, you guys. If y'all are able to give me, head over to Apple Podcasts and give me a five-star review, specifically a written one, it helps. It definitely helps. Tell your friends. Tell your Seeking Sister Wife friends. I have so many of you guys who reach out to me and say, thank you for recapping the show because I have nobody to talk about this mess with. But if you do, tell your friend. And get them to hop on the train of of mess as well. 
we have fun here. We have fun. With that, I'll join you guys. We'll be back next week. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.